everyone, and welcome to Intentionally Out of Office. Today, I have the pleasure of welcoming on the podcast, Joanna. Welcome. Thank you. About 10 years ago now, our paths first crossed in a yoga studio. And what stood out to me at that time and really provided that spark of interest in inviting you on the podcast was the energy that you had in welcoming people into the studio as a teacher, as someone who was in the studio space. And it was that warm, welcoming energy that I think made such a difference in my own yoga practice and really encouraged me to keep exploring both the practice and also some of the inner work that I know we're going to talk about today. Well, thank you. That's really kind. It's nice that we have that history together and also that, you know, we've sort of stayed in touch a little bit over the years and that now we're reconnecting at this time. So I'm very happy for that. That is the power of our technological tools, I would say, these days. And that is, again, what brought us together this time. It was a couple of weeks ago that I was on social media and I saw you had a post about upcoming workshop that you were co-facilitating. It's all about being mindful with your mornings. And I thought that this was the perfect timing for a reset in my own mornings and trying to get back into a routine, especially as we go into the darker mornings in November and a change in the weather. Can you tell me a little bit about what prompted you and your partner to start these mindful morning sessions and offer them to other people? So Courtney um, is a friend and colleague, and we were just having a conversation about, you know, life and uh, things coming up. And November just seemed like this time that nothing was really going on. Like if you're in the US, you have American Thanksgiving. Here in Canada, there's not really a holiday or, a, you know, a landmark or anything. That, I mean, we have Veterans Day, but there's not um, a real energy to November. It's often seen, at least for myself, as like you said, darker, colder. We're moving inwards and it kind of gets forgotten about. December, we know it's holiday mode, whether you like it or not, um, that's what's happening. January is the new year. People are fitness um, goals and all sorts of things. And then November was just like, okay, what if instead of you know forgetting about November, we used it as a time, like you said, to reset, to reconnect with ourselves, with some mindful practices. And Courtney and I were discussing this. We're like, yeah, that sounds like so much fun. We selfishly want that for ourselves and maybe others want it too. So we put it out there and now there's, I think, 14 participants. This time we've, you know, it's our first time running this type of program or workshop and we just framed it as a chance to start the day with a little stretching, meditation, journaling, you know, check in with yourself. And perhaps that can lead to some healthful choices or self-care, self-awareness, gratitude, but also staying open to what it leads to. And I think that uh, that's, that was the idea of it, just ha using November instead of just like waiting until December rolls around and kind of curling up with a blanket, also doing that, but, you know, to imagining November as a chance to really take advantage of the time and the space and to reconnect with some goals. 
It's a great reminder too that we don't have to wait for January or even sometimes September when the academic year kind of comes in and whether you're going to school yourself or you have kids, any day can be a moment, whether you're doing it on your own or with others, to recommit to something maybe you want to do more of or start something new and challenge yourself. Yeah, I think that's such a good point. For me, working in the outdoor industry, which I have a history with, November was considered the shoulder season, right? Nothing was happening. It's not like you're not skiing or dog sledding. You're not canoeing or hiking. You're just kind of like, okay, like you're kind of hunkering down. So yeah, in some ways it really is like, what if we, uh, what if we just shifted our uh, relationship with November? And I was chatting with a friend of mine who was asking me about, no, about the mindful mornings. And he's like, so you're saying instead of November, it's yes, Vember, <laughs> like saying yes to connection, <laughs> which was kind of a cute idea. I love that. Thinking about how the shoulder season does not have to be this time of not moving towards more of what we want. Like how do we make it a yes member? Mm -hmm. So as part of these mornings, we are getting together at 7 a.m. And I usually would do my own personal journaling practice probably around 6.30 a.m. So this isn't too much of a stretch for me. How did you come up with the mix of thinking that a little bit of movement and a little bit of journaling would be pretty much the foundation for this time together as a group? Once Courtney and I decided to set up the program and it kind of took on a life of its own, we're like, oh, we've got participants. Okay, let's figure out, you know, how this will take shape. It's really just starting from, you know, asking ourselves what we are feeling like we want in the morning. And, you know, you wake up and you're like, okay, what do I need? Oh, I need to stretch my shoulders. I need to sit up and find my tallest expression of myself. I need 10 deep breaths to tune into how I'm feeling. And then some gentle movement, it felt so supportive for starting the day that way. Because as much as I believe in journaling and setting some mindful intentions, I really believe in movement and inviting our, you know, more movement and stretching into the body. So that's kind of how that came about, really asking ourselves, like, what do we want? And hoping that would resonate with other people. So I'm definitely going to come back to the movement side of things, because from yoga to outdoor activities. I want to dive into that with you. But before we go there, I'd love to explore a little bit more about journaling and the practice of journaling, because I would say it's something that we've heard more of over the last few years. In the past, I might have heard people say, write down your goals so that you can be where you want to go. And now journaling is seemingly, at least to me, taking on more of a reflective practice. And even for myself, when I look back six or seven years ago now, journaling was a way to start checking in with myself and to ask myself how I was feeling in a world very much where we don't truly wait for the answer, I think. We're like, oh, how are you doing today, Joanna? (laughs) I don't know if you would actually say fine, but a lot of people would be like, fine, busy, Oh, just drop the kids off at school. And so it was like, what are what are the feelings though underneath that? And journaling has helped me dive into that. So how has journaling been something in your life so far? 
I've journaled for a long time, probably since I was, I don't know, in my late teens, like in my college days, when I would go on canoe trips, I would just bring a paper and pencil. And that was one of the tools that we brought. And sometimes it was a matter of like waking up in the morning and like being like, oh, last night I had the weirdest dream and then writing that down. What's interesting about that is when I do record my dreams, I find I remember them more easily going forward. It was just, for me, it was always a way to just let something out, a great moment, a hard moment, when you don't really know what to do with that energy, right? Like sometimes you're like, oh my God, I have to call someone and share this. But if you're like on a canoe trip or if you're like living on your own, you don't, you don't always have that. So I always kind of journaled and it was just something I did off and on and sometimes more frequently than others. Sometimes I think like, I'm going to return to these thoughts. And honestly, I almost never go back to what I journal upon. But I still think that there is such value in, you know, jotting down your thoughts and ideas. If you're someone who does have the practice of like returning to your thoughts and ideas or goals, there can be a huge value in that. I do remember a time in my life when I was considering a job offer. I'd been working at this outdoor place off and on for a few months, or actually regularly for a few months, and they offered me a full-time position. In theory, on paper, it was everything I wanted. But when they offered me the job, it was, I, I wasn't feeling the yes. So for a week or two, I was just journaling like, oh, it's got this, it's got that, but this and but that. And when I went back, so in the, this was one case I did look back on the journaling I did. I looked back on my pages and I was like, oh my God, why would I take this job? Like nothing in here wants, like no part of me wants to take this job. On paper, yes, it was appropriate for my qualifications and certain things, but it wasn't right for me. And so I really think there's such power in the word um, and writing it down and keeping track of that in a way. So I think I think it can be like a powerful tool, like you were saying, to, just to check in with yourself, whether it's a specific goal you're working on or just like, hey, Melissa, how are you? Hey, Joanna, how are you? But I also think it can be a really valuable tool for people who are considering like a life change or a relationship change or, you know, a job offer and taking a week and being like, I'm going to write down for five minutes. I'm going to write down how I feel about this situation, this offer, this relationship. And when you go back and you read your own words, you realize that you already have the answer within you. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I just think it's a really powerful tool. And there is one participant in our group this month who has said she's like never journaled. And hearing her experience as someone who's doing this for the first time, and she's said that she's so kind of surprised I think she used the word shocked at some of the words that are coming out of her mouth and onto paper. And even there's been times she said, where we'll ask a question like, how does it feel to take care of yourself? Or what is that? How does that feel for you? And, you know, a word will come up for her. And she's like, I can't even write it down, but it comes up. But it's like, for her, it was too strong to write it down, asking these questions. And then if, if it feels okay to write them down, I think there's a lot of value to it. That's something that picking up on what you just mentioned about one person in the group, something that I've worked on over the years to let go of what I think should be coming out or what I think I should be writing about. And so my use of journaling right now is to wake up in the morning and to put all my thoughts out that are ready to come out. So sometimes it is about dreams, like you mentioned. Maybe it's a really sweet dream or something that I find really bizarre. 
And then just probably processing from the day before what is left with me that I really would like to leave on the paper, not in a negative necessarily way, but just in a way that this is here and I don't have to keep it in my head per se. And then I end with three gratitudes and things I'm grateful for on a more specific level. But letting go of the judgment piece and just allowing ourselves to free write and being open to that experience, I think might be pretty foreign to people. Hmm. I think that's a really good point. And I think you also mentioned something that I didn't mention, but I feel really strongly about, which is all the thoughts in our mind, right? All the, sometimes it's to-do lists or just all these ponderings. We live in a very busy time and a lot of us are contemplating, considering so many different things that we're trying to hold space for in our minds and in our lives. When you can just write those things down, especially if you, if you're someone who maybe doesn't sleep very well, or, you know, your mind is really active before bed, take a minute, take one page, write it down, da, 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 da. I won't forget it. I know it's there and I can come back to it tomorrow. And like I said, I often don't actually go back to my journaling page, but then once it's written down, I actually remember it, right? It's like, you know, when you're a student in like high school or college and you write things down, for me, that's the way I remember. That's the way I sort of absorb a lesson. Yeah, it it helps with my memory quite a bit. So I I think that for people who are holding a lot of stuff in their minds, that's that's a big part of it, yeah. I find that it, it's helpful to work through things. And you gave the example of working through a job offer. And it's important to keep in mind that it doesn't have to be this structured, I sit down to journal, I need 45 minutes, or I need an hour. This is a big decision. I have to get everything covered. I need all the viewpoints. It can be just in a few minutes, like trying to figure out what's most important and what is jumping out at you at this point in time. And then taking that information, maybe going a little bit further, but maybe not. But for sure, journaling for me has been this really important processing time to your point in a world where there's so much information that we're maybe responsible for or we're just naturally swimming in. Yeah, I think that's a really good point. And I also love what you said about just giving yourself the space to write freely and just to simply see what comes up without any judgment, any structure. There's no right way to do this, right? Like some days it might feel like some really kind of superficial things like, oh, I want to get my hair done. I want to fix this. Or I haven't been feeling good in the clothes I'm wearing. Like, how can I work on that? Or sometimes it's just like thinking about a friend or I can't believe that happened or a conversation. But truly like there's no limit, right? And sometimes it could end up being like poetry or just words if you don't even feel like writing sentences. I think that is such a gift. And I like what you said about the time frame because I think you're totally right. Like there's, you know, two minutes, five minutes, right? Like how how much time do we find to like watch a TV show or, you know, do something that can relax us and can be relaxing and fill us up in a different way. But by just opening the page without a big expectation and saying, okay, what's going to happen here if I just give myself three to four minutes? And that can even be valuable for sure. It sounds like we have a, a shared practice of being flexible with our journaling too, whether it's your journal while you are out on a canoe trip, or for me, 
at a rooftop in Hawaii for a December morning. That is the image that's standing out to me right now of like one of the recent trips that I did. I will take my journal with me everywhere, even if I don't journal every day. I always want to have my journal with me in case I feel the urge. But um, just wrapping up with our our discussion on journaling, thinking about how we can build capacity from reflecting on our experience. And I love something that I learned last week in a training that I was a part of. We learn and we grow from reflecting on how we experienced an experience. And it's not actually the experience. It's not actually the job offer or the trip or the yoga practice per se, but there's so much more to explore that is actually the reflection of that experience. Whether it takes you 30 seconds or you go on a much deeper dive, that really stood out to me as a wow moment learning that. Right. Yeah, that that is such a good point. It makes me think of like, I forget what the phrase is, but the idea is that like you live once, but then you write and you live twice right? So beautiful, like live in the moment, be present. And then, you know, if you're able to, and you have that time and capacity and interest to go back and to journal about it, or to bring it a little bit more inwards and deeper, and think about the experience, then you are kind of living it twice, right? So if you write it down, and then you can revisit that, I think that's a huge thing. And I, and I really value the practice of like reflecting, like we, we were talking about before, and sort of pausing in between things. You know, and I've been in this situation as well many times where I'm like, okay, I'm going to go to that and then I'll have just enough time to do the next thing and just enough time to do the next thing. But what happens in the in-between, right? Like what if I leave half an hour of space in between two things? Well, it could create time for reflection, conversation, spontaneity, catching up with a friend, having a moment to myself. I remember the first time I was on like sort of a yoga retreat type of trip and it was about a five-day trip and I thought to myself you know what I really need after this five-day trip is like two full days of reflection but we don't of course we, we don't do that we take five days off work and then we go right back to work the next day and sometimes you're just like oh my god was I even away was I even there but if we can take that time whether it's journaling or blocking out half an hour in our day to kind of pause reflect I do think that there's a really, there's a sweetness to that. I love that thought of building the reflection into your time off. So whether we're talking about journaling in the morning or journaling in the evening or coming back after your vacation, even if it's something as, let's say, relaxing as a yoga retreat, there is that knee-jerk reaction to jump right back into life as we know it and Maybe that's an invitation to build more of that shoulder shoulder time, did you call it? The, the space in between into our daily lives, but into the way we live. I definitely agree. Yeah, it makes me think of my schedule with work last year. I had a long lunch break on Thursdays and I worked near a trail. And so I could, I would take an hour walk on my Thursdays. For me, that incorporated a little movement, time outside. And when I told a friend about it, she met me one day and she's a corporate lawyer, super busy. 
she started coming every week and she blocked it off as like a meeting and she would join me every Thursday. And I think that was also really nice because we didn't have to exchange 10 text messages about it. It was just, okay, Thursday at this time, this is our routine. So I think you mentioned your journaling every morning, creating space for it in a routine way that you don't forget about it and it becomes more effortless. Almost setting it and then letting it be set and not having that negotiation. Sometimes we have that negotiation within ourselves of, am I going to journal this morning? Am I not? Am I going for my yoga? Am I not? And that example of going for a regular walk with your friend, those structured moments can also open up so much possibility for us. Because we don't have to think about, is this happening? Is this not happening? Yeah, I think so. Because it's really, I mean, we're, we're busy, right? Mm-hmm. It's too easy to sort of say, okay, not this week or not this time. Um, but when you are, when you do have things in your practice that you know are beneficial, like even if you're not always in the mood or if it's rainy, um, but you're like, okay, I know that walk. I know that journaling or that, that movement practice is going to support me, right? In my day, in my health, in my stress levels and things like Mm -hmm. that. So let's move now to expanding on walking and outdoors, nature. I know that even from talking to you and scheduling this time together, you recently took a mini vacation with your sister and your mom and you had that time together. You have lots of photos online of being outdoors and really being in nature. How has that impacted how you live your life, that time with your family, but also that time in nature, maybe with other people or maybe just on your own? I mean, I I should say, like, we need to be careful with, like, what we post online because, obviously, like, I'll post the beautiful sunsets and, you know, walking on the trails. And I do that. I I do prioritize that a lot. But, obviously, that's not my everyday. And I do say that on social media as well. I say I'm not always walking into a sunset or hiking a trail. I'm doing all my day-to-day stuff as well. Social media is our highlight reel though, right? Exactly, yes. It can create unrealistic expectations of what life is, but I think it can also, even for ourselves, highlight really beautiful moments that otherwise would be lost in our phone potentially. Yes, absolutely. I mean, I, I was with a friend a couple of weeks ago and we were both kind of looking back at our, our Instagram reel and it's like, oh my God, look at that you know moment and that trip. And is really a fun way to like keep track of some of those those really special moments and and experiences. So like my background is in a kind of outdoor education and connecting people to the outdoor world. You don't really work in that industry or that field unless you're passionate yourself about being in the outdoors. One of the things I loved about working at Outward Bound in particular is that I really got experience spending time in the outdoors on a year-round basis. In the summertime, everybody wants to get outside and go to the beach or the park. But times like October, November, December, snowfalls, darkness, cold, how do we still continue to be outside during all those times? So that was something I felt really lucky to sort of gain experience around and learn about how do we keep warm during all these times, dressing well, moving our bodies, like just all these tips to be comfortable out there, right? Because it's not it's not about being out there and not being comfortable. So yeah, we, we really try to just spend time out, outdoors because that's what fills us up. Doing what fills us up and what we feel is, is a value and priority for, for myself and for my family. So that's how we end up spending so much time outside. And it's also a, a reminder 
um, or we remind ourselves that we don't need to go very far to do that. Of course, it's wonderful to take a trip and go watch the sunrise over the Hawaii mountains. You know, I love travel and I, I do appreciate that as well. But also there are gorgeous hiking trails, 10 minutes from my house, an hour from my house. So what can we do in that kind of capacity? And, you know, like this September, for the first time, I went stand up paddleboarding in the city in Toronto. I'd done a lot um, in other places and, you know, more remote lakes and settings. But I thought, okay, I'm in the city. Um, the city is on a lake, like there's got to be right. So going down and paddling even in those settings. So you don't need to drive, you know, an hour or two to cottage country. So yeah, we, we make a lot of time for spending our, our days in the outdoors. And then this past trip with my mom and my sister was really special. Like my mom was like, you know, I think I need a few days away. Like, why don't we go to Florida? And I thought, okay, I don't really want to catch a flight right now. And I'm not even really drawn to Florida right now. I love Florida. I've spent some time there. It can be very lovely. But again, I sort of said, what can we do that might be a little bit closer. So a little bit more environmentally friendly. So we found this beautiful little like spot in Niagara on the lake and none of us had been there and we just took a couple of days away. And for me, that was, there was a few factors that allowed that to happen. Like having a really supportive partner who could look after the kiddos and having a couple weeks notice to block out that time. But it felt really valuable to do that and to take that trip and just have uninterrupted conversations, I can end up seeing certain people in a in the same capacity. So like if, if my mom, we always have like a family dinner. So like someone's cooking or cleaning up and the kids are running around and we're not like just chatting without that interruption, without those distractions. So I hope we do it again. And like maybe it inspired potentially other people to say like, oh yeah, let me go take a night away. That's actually doable. I'm, I, I have some time off saved up or something, right? Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Um, you don't have to go too far and make it too elaborate to make it really meaningful. I love your mention of setting yourself up to get out of maybe the routine of things. So mm -hmm. what a blessing to be able to spend time with your family and you also might find yourself doing the same things or in the same kind of energy. And so what changes when we intentionally step into a different space and decide to make different choices and see where conversation goes because we have more time for those conversations. The other thing that I loved what you just said was how we can really choose our own adventure in terms of it might be this very exotic getaway that you've been dreaming of for a long time, but it also might just be your lunch walk at a nearby trail or a morning walk on the lake or doing an activity that is offered in your area, but maybe you would think not of doing that. So stand up paddle boarding, maybe that would be something that you think like, oh, I'll do that when I'm off, you know, in an exotic place. But there are interesting options all around us. I think it's a lot about how we choose to incorporate those and make time for those. You know, during times of lockdown, we were sort of encouraged to look a little closer to home as well. People were not traveling as far afield. And, you know, perhaps it, it was maybe one of the gifts, like it gave us an opportunity to just say like, okay, what what is a green space in my neighborhood? Finding a place that someone has a car that you could drive to within 
45 to, to 60 minutes and realizing, you know, just, just checking in with your energy. Like before you book a flight, like flying can be a gift in many ways and ways to see family and see new places, but it does take a certain amount of energy and flying now, it can be a stressful thing. So you know, maybe instead of booking that next flight, like at least for me, I've just been questioning the choices that we're making. So, okay, if we want to, you know, take one family trip, that's great. So we're going to take one on a plane instead of two. Th- like thinking of, of those options. I don't know. I'm just so excited about exploring Ontario. And I've been exploring Ontario passionately and actively for, you know, 25 years. And there's so much more to see. You know, it's, I don't know, it's, it's a nice thought, I think, to, you know, encourage ourselves to ask what we can see that's close by and what we can explore in our own backyard and realize that it's all pretty accessible in many ways. Like there's a lot of free stuff, you know, there's the expensive stuff, there's everything in between. I love your curiosity and openness. Thinking about what you've shared so far with us and the thoughtfulness that goes into many of the practices that you have and sounds like you've cultivated over the years. What would you say is something that for you has been helpful to keep in mind as a practice and maybe has evolved over the years as you've gone through different phases of life? Something that comes to mind is just continuing to check in with myself about what's working and what's not working in my life. And that's a conversation that I sort of have with myself. And it's a conversation I have with my husband and, you know, sometimes friends as well. But realizing that something that was working five years ago, one year ago, five months ago, like might not be what I need anymore. And I think just continuing to check in and just knowing that like, it's a conversation, like I think of life as like a conversation with myself, um, and with the people around me about, you know, where we're at right now. And I think that's part of what I love about the mindful mornings as well, is that it, it is a conversation with ourselves, but then we also have a chance to kind of share and say some things out loud. And that can be really helpful. And I think checking in with the va- with with my values, right? So movement, physical activity, like that's something that always I know that fills me up and makes me feel good or feel better. Time outside is something that I always will weave in. And and if it's not a big part of my life, I sort of feel that and notice it. And then I have to kind of return to it. A friend who's a holistic nutritionist was talking about some clients who said, listen, I fell off the wagon. I started eating chocolate again, or I started um, you know, eating junk food again. And she was like, it's not a, ma- a matter of being on or off the wagon, right? Like nobody is 100% on all the time, right? So it's having our practices and returning to them, but then also when we veer off that path or we you know, don't get enough sleep for a couple of weeks or we forget to foster our relationships in our community, then we come back to that. Just sort of keep coming back to the things that fill you up and feel like are important for you and your values. And to be compassionate with ourselves on this journey that things change and evolve and how do we cultivate that openness and a sense of curiosity that has really stood out to me as we've spoken today. So thank you for that. Thank you. Yeah, I think the compassion piece is huge. And one thing that I've mentioned to people when they've sort of struggled with compassion or self kindness is like imagine 
how you would speak to someone you care about, right? Like, are, are we speaking to ourselves in that way? So definitely having patience and definitely having compassion always along the path, right? Along this the journey. So to wrap up today's episode, I want to say thank you so much, Joanna, for joining the podcast. And I'm going to leave our listeners today with a quote that I found on your social media, which said, do more things that make you forget to check your phone. Thank you for being my inspiration for not checking my phone in the morning first thing when I get up through joining the Mindful Mornings. And thank you so much for sharing all your stories and thoughts today. Oh, thanks, Melissa. It was totally my pleasure. And I really appreciate talking with you and all your kind words. That definitely fills me up. So thank you. Thank you.